Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show, DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. We've got another golf tournament this week. That means another show for you. And uh, it should be an interesting tournament this week with Tory Pines, one of the premier courses in play, and a Wednesday golf block this week. So be careful if you're registering for those contests and you've still got that dummy lineup in there uh, by the time you know Wednesday lunchtime rolls around. Uh, you're going to be stuck with that lineup. So make sure you get those lineups submitted nice and early this week. And uh, the early show pays off a little bit here this week on a Monday night. So happy to be with you. As usual, I am Justin Van Zuden. I've got Notorious alongside me, Derek Farnsworth, as usual as well. Noto, how's it going? How was your week? Yeah, it's going good. Uh, nothing special uh, in terms of my week at the American Express. I don't know about these birdie fests. I mean, your guy goes... Three under on the front nine and loses ground to the field. It just feels, uh, I don't know, I never had a lot of success at these. So hopefully you had a little more success than me. But I'm excited for the Wednesday start. I mean, we get to sweat golf for three of the work days of the week uh, <laughs> instead of the usual two. So that should be fun. I think the PGA is just getting out of the NFL's way, letting them have their uh, you know Sunday for the conference championships. And, uh, yeah, it should be a, a fun week of sports. But they always send, I mean, the waste management always usually goes up right before the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. So I've always found that a yeah. little strange. But they, but, they, uh, it's kind of like a tradition there and they start tea times really early so that they, well, they try to anyway. Except the one year be, where it went to like a six hole playoff yeah. and then it was basically going up against the kick. Always seems to be a playoff. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I'm forced to watch that on my phone while everyone else is watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> Everybody else is taking the sensible route. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Wednesday to Saturday this week, anyway, for the conference championship week um, and uh, tournament at Torrey Pines that we will dig into here in just a second. Of course, we joked around last week that uh, you know birdie fest putting contest. John Rahm was muttering under his breath, well, not really under his breath, but out loud the year before, complaining about the tournament. Uh, and of course, this year he went on and uh, and won. So uh, no surprise, Rahm playing the best golf of anybody on the PGA Tour right now. 
uh, ended up taking that down 27 under par last week. Uh, Xander Shoffley made a run on Sunday with an albatross, shot 10 under, finished a couple shots back. And then Davis Thompson, who was basically the uh, the fantasy star of the week with five eagles in the first two rounds, uh, just couldn't make enough birdies down the stretch uh, to, to hang with Rom and ended up falling a, a one shot short, uh, but still a pretty strong finish for Davis Thompson at 26 under. Chris Kirk, another top five finish. Taylor Montgomery, another top five finish. Those two guys keep rolling along. Uh, but what were some of your takeaways from that event last week? Yeah, Timon, I believe it's 17 of his last 20 starts. Uh, he's finishing the top 15. Just incredible run he's been on. And uh, I wish somebody would have pushed John Rahm about his quotes about the bleeping putting contest because he won while losing 2.2 strokes putting. And we only have, uh, you know, two rounds of data to work with in terms of shot length from last week. But, uh, yeah, just goes to show, I mean, very few people can win with their B game. Uh, and John Rahm's one of them. I think he's won three or four times in his last six or seven starts uh, worldwide, which is pretty incredible. We only saw him win one time uh, on the PJ Tour last year. He's already got two, and uh, we're not even out of January yet. So I've seen a lot of people already betting uh, John Rahm to finish in the top 10 of all the majors. Uh, that number's come way down. Obviously, he's a huge favorite this week. We haven't seen somebody, you know, a plus 450 for, for quite some time. So uh, yeah, he's going to be tough to beat. Obviously, loves this course. We'll talk about him in a bit. But uh, I was impressed with Davis Thompson. You know, he hung in there, uh, had a chance on the back nine, and with uh, Xander Shoffley. Kind of wish I would have had a little bit more exposure to him in tournaments. Just one of those guys that, you know, he said he was uh, feeling a little better. The x-rays were negative and um, the ownership wasn't there. So looking back, it's probably someone we probably could have been a little higher on. Uh, and that's about it for me. Yeah. what? How do you feel about these birdie fests with three rounds and all this stuff? I don't know. I used to like them because I used to do pretty good at them. But now, I mean, my lineups this past week were like dreadful. So uh, it was uh, it was not a stride. I liked Rom and wrote him up in the article, but not a lot of success otherwise. I mean, ten under ten under for a cut comes yeah. Saturday afternoon, and it just uh, I, I don't know. That's a little too much for me. So I, I'm kind of adapting adopting your mantra with some of these uh, events, particularly the ones with the multiple courses, and you know the rounds were so long, and I, I don't know. I lost interest pretty much uh, by Friday when when I knew my lineups were. Uh, we're dead for for the full week contests anyway, but yeah, not a big fan of that one last week for sure. Yeah, I mean the courses are cool to watch on TV, but I mean if you didn't hit in the water, it's pretty much had a good look at birdie, um, no matter where you're hitting it off the tee, and uh, not a lot of you know hard scrambles either. So um, it didn't help that the wind was basically non-existent all yeah. week. But uh, yeah, anyway, it, it's a fine tournament, but uh, I wish it was a little bit tougher on these guys. Yeah, just tough to balance that when you got amateurs out there too and the rounds already take forever, not wanting to make the pin locations too tricky. But uh, 10 under, I think that's the the highest uh, score you have needed to have to to get through a cut that I can remember. I know this one's been 9 under a few times, but 10, uh, that's a big number. So uh, anyway, we'll uh, transition to a new week. You know, it, it was a lot of guys uh, that – particularly value guys that I thought were interesting last week. Uh, Brian Harmon wasn't necessarily value anymore, but Harmon was a guy I was on. Grayson Sig faded on Saturday and missed the cut by a shot or two. Aaron Wise, Brendan Todd. I mean, these are all guys that ended up at eight under and still missed the cut. So just one of those tournaments, throw it away, move on. New week, completely different course this week with Torrey Pines, different setup. 
much more difficult. Uh, we do have two courses in play the first two rounds so that everybody can get through in the in the daylight hours uh, this time of year. But otherwise, the uh, the host course, the south course at Torrey Pines, uh, will hold both weekend rounds once we get through the cut, or I guess Friday and Saturday rounds once we get through the cut uh, for the final two days. So only one round being played on the alternate north course. Each golfer will play that course once. Uh, it does play significantly easier. Noah, Noah. It's my kid's name. Um, Noto can talk about that in uh, in just a second when we break down the courses. But if you're playing showdown uh, for the first two days, you're definitely going to want to focus on the guys uh, that are playing on the uh, the north course. So, uh, Noto, why don't you talk about the uh, courses that we got in play this week? Yeah, typically when we have these uh, course rotations, we see courses that are very similar. You know, last week we had three par 72s that were all easy. Um, and then at Pebble, we kind of have the same thing, three um, you know, shorter courses that are all pretty easy. This week, the courses couldn't be any different. I mean, the north course, I think it's 500 yards shorter than the south course. It features uh, bank grass greens compared to uh, POA greens. And uh, the scoring couldn't be any different either. Um, you know, the, the north course is top 10 in terms of the easiest courses on tour. The south course, pretty much, uh, you know, one of the top five or 10 courses in terms of difficulty on the PGA Tour. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, Guys that play well at Torrey Pines, typically more of a classical layout. Um, the fairways are tough to hit. The greens are tough to hit. Scrambling is difficult. There's a lot of three putts. So guys that are solid all around, guys that uh, get it out there a little bit. Um, the course is nearly 7,800 yards. So distance certainly doesn't hurt this week. And, yeah, just looking for guys with, you know, experience, experience on Poa Greens, experience uh, at Torrey. Now, this is one of the more predictive courses in terms of uh, – course history year in and year out. And I think bogey avoidance is probably a little bit more important than birdie or better percentage. But I was going to get your thoughts on this. So Thursday, it looks like there's going to be 25 mile per hour gusts. Yeah. Does that mean the easier course is going to be? <laughs> which, which, who does this that This is the with? dilemma. Which yeah. course do you want on which day? Um, because you can make a case for both. Ar I mean, you can make two arguments. You can say, hey, you want to play the easier course on the day when the conditions are easier so you can put up a score. Um, or you can say, I don't want to be playing the hard course on the day yeah. where it's going to be more difficult. I mean, everybody, and I bring this up a lot because I got hosed on this, you know, way back, but there was one year for this tournament where the weather conditions, it turned into what seemed like a hurricane uh, for the final round. And everybody who went out fairly early, um, you know, was able to put up reasonable numbers. And then by the time the, the last groups, or the you know, kind of the middle and final groups got out there, guys were shooting seven, eight over par. And, you know, that was like five over par average for those later groups. And, you know, I think it was Snedeker that shot three under and ended up, you know, climbing like 50 spots to win the tournament. It was really weird. And, I mean, I just remember from that and, and how difficult that course is, I don't think I want to be playing that South course on the difficult day. So Thursday's the day right now that the weather's projected to be the worst. Um, you know, I think if I'm, if I'm angling full week line, full weekend lineups uh, right now, I want guys that play the South course on Thursday when the conditions are a little calmer and the North course on Friday, but that's just my take on it or Wednesday yeah. and Thursday. Sorry. I'm going to screw this up several times. North course, uh, North course, Thursday, South Course Wednesday, the first day. Okay, so 
right when you started saying that, I was like, okay, that that's good for my bets because I uh, put a bet in on day and Zalatoris, but then I forgot they started on Wednesday. Cause I was yeah, thinking, yeah, no, I got the days <laughs> backwards there a second. So, but I guess if uh, yeah, I'll have to look it up. But anyway, yeah, I mean, this is um, not a. This is there's no way this is a you know a, a bona fide edge. It's just my opinion on not one not wanting to play yeah. that beast of a course when the weather's bad yeah and that's a good point on the snitter career i remember he wasn't even winning after they had to delay it till the next day and no he was, was still ahead by like two or three strokes yeah, and then and he was behind a huge favorite and he was a huge favorite <laughs> because they the, the weather, weather even though it had stopped like raining and stuff yeah. it was still really windy that when they came back yeah i remember kj Choi was hitting like 190 yard drives it was uh it was something special um yeah anyway i, I kind of agree with you um I don't know. I, maybe the maybe you want to post that low score in the easy conditions. I don't know. We will see for sure. Um, definitely for showdown, like you mentioned, you want to target the North guys. They are going to be a lot more owned. This is not a sneaky strategy by any means. Um, but uh, yeah, you don't you don't want to be targeting a bunch of guys on the South Course if you're playing showdown. Yeah, um, you know that'll be anybody that's uh, following close will uh, certainly be taking that strategy. Um, it's, it's definitely, you know, in, in, in even in tournaments, you know, it, it, you're going to want guys that play that North course and showdown. So don't try to get too cute with it. Um, obviously not as relevant to full week slates, unless you are like me and think that there might be an edge based on the weather that second day. Uh, but uh, time will tell on that one. Also, for those of you, uh, we used to have a tradition on this show where we would do a snake draft, um, on you know one of the apps like the draft app uh, which doesn't exist anymore uh, at the end of the show we're going to try to bring that back this week i know a lot of people watch this on playback uh and, and maybe don't catch us live but if there are enough interested folks we we can do a snake draft live with our producer devin at the end of the show on DraftKings um and uh, and kind of go through some strategy that way as well so hopefully some of you will catch that and willing to join in um but uh, we'll get to that in a little bit so let's go ahead and start talking about the lineups i mean uh people are going to ask whether that stars and scrubs build makes sense and in, in, in the past few weeks you know it's been really easy to get to the guys at the top but DraftKings is finally starting to bump john realm's price a little bit he's up to 11.6 on DraftKings, and i guess I mean, it's probably worth a conversation on his own at this point he's clearly the top guy he clearly likes this course as you mentioned uh, but he's 11-6. So what do we do? Do we try to prioritize Rom this week? Yeah, when's the last time somebody won three tournaments in a row? Um, it's got to be a while, right? Tiger? Tiger. It's got to be got to be something like that. I know, uh, like, Stricker did it at the – he, but that was three consecutive years at one tournament, not three – Yeah, back, not back, three back. consecutive tournaments. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's won here twice, won the U.S. Open here, and then won his first PGA Tour win here at the – uh, farmers obviously in great form uh, like we've been talking about four straight top sevens here he's head and shoulders above everyone else in the field right now so you can definitely play him he is my favorite play above 10k but there's not nearly as many cheaper guys that i like this week even in the low sevens there's just not the same amount of guys that i i like compared to last week and you mentioned it the price point finally up in the mid 11s uh, i just i couldn't I couldn't stand any more of the 10-6 being the most expensive guy in the field. So uh, pricing stuff for this week, I like it that way. I do like Rom, um, but starting in the 9Ks, I mean, you get a lot of good golfers there in the 9Ks. So you can play two or three of them, feel a lot better about the bottom of your roster than you do, you know, if you play 
Rom mix in a nine K guy and then kind of go from there. So what are your thoughts on Rom? And then I guess we can hit on the other three guys too. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're building multiple lineups, uh, you, you, you can't completely fade him at this point. Does he make a single entry build? For me, probably not. I think I'm in that same camp as you that I just like the lineup build. I can get a little bit better uh, if I start a little bit lower because, I mean, you start if you start with somebody around 9,600, you know, that's $2,000 savings. So that's significant when the bottom of these fields, you know, get pretty weak and, and get tough to play guys in the 6K. So I think I'm with you. Um, in GPPs, you know, I, TBD on, on ownership percentage with Ram at that salary, I think that'll be really interesting to see kind of where he lands um, once all that data starts to filter in, but not a guy that I want to be, you know, if I'm building 50, 60 lineups that I want to you know, be completely out on with the way that he's playing, but probably doesn't make my optimal lineup though. That uh, does make you feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Mr. Gerg, we'll get to your boy Jaeger here, uh, here in a bit. Uh, he's not quite priced up to ROM just yet. Um, yeah. He's become like the, the chat favorite. Anyway, so Finau, obviously, three wins since July, plays well in California, really good course history, hard to argue with him. Uh, Xander coming off of the – I mean, he nearly backed door to win last week. I think he was 10 under or something on, on Saturday or Sunday. And then Morikawa is probably my least favorite of the of the 10K guys. I just – I don't know how he's going to react after the meltdown at the Tournament Champions. And if you look at his numbers from that week, he, he gained 5.7 strokes putting. That's usually the weakness in his game. Um, so I'd, I'd rather see, you know, him gain it with the irons and the, and the driver than, than the putter. Cause I just don't know if that's going to be able, uh, to sustain itself week in and week out. But, um, yeah. Do you like more cow at all? Yeah, I don't think I do this week either. Um, you know, going to have a lot of tough par saves on this course. Uh, you look at all the metrics, it just uh, doesn't stand up. I think to those other guys, um, you know, I, I think Fino is probably my favorite in this price range. Um, Shawfully, I like as well, but uh, yeah, Morikawa I think is an easy pass at 10k for me as well. I believe this is a home game for Xander, I think he's a San Diego, yeah, Tory Pines guy, but uh, he, he struggled here for the most part. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll see if you can keep that momentum going after that good finish last week. All right, let's go ahead and move down to the 9Ks where we have Zalatoris, Justin Thomas, Sung J.M., Top 10 Machine, Taylor Montgomery, Max Homa, Matsuyama, uh, making up that 9K tier. And, you know, in the past, I, I think most people would have said that Justin Thomas at 9,400 feels like the bargain in, in this price range. I don't know. If that's necessarily the case now, I mean, he doesn't grade out quite as well in our projections as some other guys in here. But uh, where are you thinking in this 9Ks? You mentioned, you know, starting a lineup in here is pretty good. You get, you know, maybe two of these guys. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you want to know who the best guy in the field is on difficult courses? But you can guess. Uh, I mean, it's Taylor Montgomery is the best on uh, every course these days. <laughs> is, is hmm, bet I can get, is it Willie Z? gotta be yeah it is um 
yeah, he's the best. Rom's number two uh, on, on difficult golf courses. Obviously, nearly won here last year, lost in that playoff to Luke List. A lot of people had outrights on him that week. And, Don't bring uh, that up. No need to bring that people, up. A lot of people are going to have outrights on him this week, uh, including myself. So, uh, yeah, Zal Torres, I mean, he, played, he finished 11th at the Tournament of Championship, 30, or Tournament of Champions, 36 last week. And those are not courses that you expect him to play well at because you have to make a lot of putts. This is the perfect type of event for Zalatoris. So uh, he's my favorite play in the range. I think Thomas is just fine. Anytime you get him at this price point, uh, certainly going to be intrigued there. He's a good long iron player. Uh, I didn't mention it in the intro, but you get a lot of approach shots from 150 to 225. Um, very few wedges, at least on the south course. And then uh, I like Taylor Montgomery. This is one of the few events where he has course history at. Finished T11 here last year. Typically, he's seeing all these courses for the first time. So it's kind of good that he's... Uh, seen this course before, and I also like Max Homa, a guy that plays well on the West Coast. You know, he won the Genesis uh, last year or two years ago. I can't remember uh, exactly, but uh, yeah, he's been in good form coming off a third place finish. He's got some good course history, so I really like starting my single entry builds in the 9Ks, playing two or three of them, and then uh, dipping down a little bit. All right, totally agree on Zalatoris. Like him a lot. I think Thomas is fine. Um, I, I'm anxious to see ownership on him as well. Um, and, you know, just guys who've got experience um, in this event, I, I think has, you know, has some merit. Um, Sungjae has made the cut all four times he's played here. I mean, but Montgomery 11th in his debut here, so he just plays anywhere. I, I think all these guys you can make a case for. Um I always tend to be slightly lower than the the field on on Homa, um, but I mean he's played better. His over the last you know eighteen months have been the best form of his career. So even though he missed the cut here last year, you know I, he had an eighteenth and a ninth before that. So all of these guys you can really make a case for. Certainly mix and match them in your builds. Um, you know if I had to pick two guys to to start a lineup with one of them would definitely be Zalatoris and still kind of TBD on the other and, and pending ownership. So uh, certainly a, a lot of strong plays in that range. And then, you know, there does seem to be maybe a slight gap once you get down to the eight K's, not, uh, you know, not necessarily this uh, golf sized gap, how, but how dare you? The winner uh, is in the eight K's. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know if he, oh, he's going to withdraw though. Uh, so then he has that hasn't happened in a while. So, all right, let's move to the 8Ks. Um, not a lot of guys in here that, you know, make you feel warm and fuzzy that you're targeting him. I mean, Siwoo Kim, you never know. Uh, Jason Day, you never know. Thigala, you never know. JJ Spawn's been playing really well, and he's a California guy, but now he's 8,500. I mean, 8,500 for JJ Spawn. You just, I don't know, none of these guys make you feel warm and fuzzy clicking on their name. So uh, tell me why I need to roster Jason Day, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I got a different day. I like a lot of these guys. Um, they don't project don't. that well. They don't project that well. Maybe that's why um, you don't get that warm and warm and cozy feeling. But Jason Day, so, I mean, he's won here twice, four other top tens here in the last 10 years. So, I mean, that's six top tens in 10 years. That's pretty impressive. And then you look at his form. Top 25s and five of his last six starts. He's gained over 22 strokes ball striking during that stretch. And he's talked about it a lot. He, he got a new swing. So the one that's, uh, you know, not as hurtful on his back. He's talked about being able to practice a lot more with the new swing. 
and that's certainly shown up in the results. So uh, I love the spot for Jason Day. He opened up at 28 to 1 uh, this morning, and that was immediately bet down to, you know, 20, 22 on most books. So, yeah, he's my favorite here. But I like Tigala. Um, he played well here last year. He's another California kid, went to Pepperdine. Um, I like McNeely, another California kid. He played well here last year. If you look at his numbers on long courses, much better than he is on shorter courses. He's been coming in a good form. It's been mostly the putter. But uh, if you can get the ball striking going a little bit, I like that. Keegan Bradley, I think, is a great you know bounce back uh, type of play. He was pretty popular. I think he was over 10K at the Sony. Uh, now we get him at 8,300. He's played pretty well here in the past. Adam Hadwin has one of the longest active made cut streaks in the field. Justin Rose has a, a bunch of good finishes at this event. I like a lot of these guys. Yeah, but Justin Rose isn't the Justin Rose of five years ago. Yeah, but this is this is the event for the the old stars, the Jason Days, Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose. You can build a lineup with all these guys. They just Jerry, suddenly Jerry Woodland, have a couple head. glasses of good wine and they're ready to go or what? I don't know. I think it's just the classical layout. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but Ryan Palmer always shows up. We'll talk about him. Um, it, it's just kind of weird. The mid the mid thirties, the you know, low forties seems to be a, a sweet spot for him at this course. All right. I'm sort of sold, but not totally sold. Um, are you playing I mean, day? He's going to be so popular. Yeah, I can't like if day, if day comes out as like the highest projected own guy, I just, I got to laugh. I like, I get it. Like I understand the, the course history and the new swing and the, you know, the, the fact that his form has been significantly better, but I can't, I can't, um, unless for some reason, you know, the bias leads the ownership way down, but, uh, I think he's going to be top three owned. All right. I'm out. I'm out. Um, I like McNeely. I'll play him. Um, I don't mind Keegan. I'll play a little of him, but I don't think you have to have any of these guys. Uh, which what, about is why Cam, like what about Cam Davis? Guy that I loved last week and just completely fell apart. Yeah, I don't see what uh, – uh, let's see. He's made the cut five straight years here with nothing better than – 32nd so i guess yeah, that's brian, okay i mean it's brian brian from the chat's in pure fomo i like it pure fomo on who on day on cam davis oh on cam davis well we must be have been riding the train forever or something i don't know yeah bradley davis is frustrating we i get it yeah i mean that's all these guys have made us uh, like if you haven't been frustrated by siwoo kim and jason day and tigala and you know, and Keegan in your DFS career, then just wait a wait a year or six months, and then you'll get there. Uh, it'll happen to you at some point. But uh, I'm gonna sprinkle in a lot more of the 9K guys, a lot less of this range. I don't like it as much as Noto does, uh, but uh, now you can you know you can queue up all the uh, jinxes if you want to. I mean, even Luke List is eight. What well, Luke List hasn't done anything probably since last year at this tournament when he won, oh, and man, tenth you, year before. If you pull up his game log and look at his putting. It is so bad. It's like negative six every single tournament. Every week. It's bad. Um, and Hayden Buckley, too, at 8K, they rate out as two of the worst value plays for me on a per-dollar basis in the model. So don't like them, but uh, I like five or six guys above them. All right, so let's move into the 7Ks, which is where you're probably going to be rounding out your lineups if you don't like the 8Ks like me. Uh, and you still want to play some guys in the 9Ks, obviously you can't play a full lineup full of 9K players. So you're going to need some guys in the 7Ks. 
Um, you know, Davis Thompson obviously played well last week. He's in here. Uh, Ricky Fowler, if you want to trust the veteran narrative, there you go, 7,600. I'll save Ryan Palmer for Noto, who, uh, I mean, he might have the best recent course history of kind of anybody in the field. Uh, Gary Woodland, if you want to play that veteran narrative, he's in here as well. Um, I, I think that there's just some interesting plays. Even like all the way down at 7,200, I like Robbie Shelton quite a bit this week too. And so these are the guys that I think I'm going to be rounding out my lineups with not playing as much in the 8Ks, starting in the 9Ks or right at 10K, and then going to guys like Shelton, um, you know, even got somebody like Woodland or Palmer, if you want to play that veteran course history angle, I'd rather do it with somebody that's a little bit cheaper in these 7Ks. So who do you like in here? Yeah, I love the Sheldon call, a guy that was on the PGA Tour and then, uh, you know, didn't have his card anymore and had to battle back on the Corn Ferry. Now he's back. He's played here twice, made the cut both times, T16 in 2021. 7,200 for him coming off of a, a T6. I like that call quite a bit. Uh, moving up, you mentioned the veterans. You know, Gary Woodland's got a really nice track record here. He did miss the cut at Sony, but it was all due to a bad Thursday. He almost battled back to make it on Friday. Uh, we've been playing Will Gordon a bunch or at least talking about him a bunch. Uh, finally missed the cut last week. Maybe that'll help lower the ownership a little bit. I don't know what to do with Ricky Fowler. I think I want to say he's from San Diego. Uh, I'm not sure. I know he lives in Jupiter now, but, um, yeah, he used to have a bunch of good finishes here, and then he's been struggling at this event over the last five or six years. But you mentioned the new swing. It looks good at times, and then he just always has that one blow-up round that kind of costs him a high finish. Um, two bombers, Taylor Pendrith, Wyndham Clark, if you want to play the – Distance angle at 7,900. I think they're both firmly in play. Um, Clark has been in pretty good form. Uh, Pendrith, T16 here last year. Scott Stallings always seems to play well uh, on the West Coast. Don't mind him. Thomas Dietrich played pretty well last week. Uh, this is his first time at the event, so that, that worries me a little bit. And then you mentioned Ryan Palmer. Um, he was so bad for so long last year but he did gain four strokes ball striking at the sony a couple weeks ago and uh five straight top 25s here this is the like i said this is the event where people just show up randomly without any form and play well here every year we've seen jb holmes do it we've seen ryan palmer do it uh justin rose a bunch of guys um, so yeah i don't mind uh ryan palmer at 75 yeah you could just do a whole lineup of those guys and it's gonna i mean you can do uh, the old uh, get the band back together lineup. Let's see. Um, no, I got to find it. All right. Day is 8,800. And Keegan is 8,300. And Rose is 8,100. Click. And Fowler is 7,600. All right. I need two more veterans here. Woodland. Two more. Oh, yeah. Woodland. Palmer. All right. We got. We got Paul. Oh man, this lineup's got salary on the table. Day, Bradley, Rose, Fowler, Palmer, Woodland. Twenty-three hundred bucks. Twenty-three hundred bucks on the table. Um, play that. Uh, don't play that lineup. You're take, donated. Just, just take one out and play wrong. Yeah. Uh, sadly, you you can't even do that. Not even enough to get up to Rom from Day. Rom's too expensive. Got to settle for Finau or Xander. Oh. Right. that's how i mean that and that goes to show you too i mean that's with nobody else above 8500 you still can't play rom um so you really got to dip down low if you want to get rom into a lineup which is why it really interests me to see where the ownership will end up and also why day's ownership is going to end up so high 
Um, all right, there's not much under 7K as usual, but we can talk about some of these guys. But what we want to do uh, is try to bring the band back together with a snake draft. Uh, this fits the, the mold of all the veterans uh, playing this week. We're going to try something old school. So if anyone wants to hop into a snake draft on DraftKings, we're going to do one live on the air. We'll let our producer, uh, Devin, share the draft screen as we go through it. But uh, we need to try to coordinate. And again, I mentioned we don't have a ton of people uh, that uh, that watch live. A lot of people do this on playback, but you still be able to see the draft. So um we got to try to coordinate on our end here first and get in the same snake draft. So what we're going to do is uh, probably just try a six person draft for this time. Since again, not as many of you watching live, uh, but uh, it looks like on DraftKings there's a $5 snake draft with six players. Every, almost everything's zero out of six. Cause these don't start filling usually until closer to the tournament. So I'm going to hop in uh, okay. a five, dollar six man snake draft which should eventually show uh now right, it says there's two two people in there now so hopefully that's two of us but if you guys want to join with us and do it on the air we got to get up to six people to make this draft go uh and if nobody else wants to join then then we'd have to do one with just the three of us which is less fun because we're going to eventually uh maybe do some prizes for this uh, and uh, and try to you know give out some roto grinders premium, uh, maybe a t-shirt, something like that along the way. Uh, we'll just do this one as a practice this week. Uh, but right now, if you go to the PGA lobby on DraftKings, sort for this weekend's tournament. Uh, go to the snake drafts, five bucks. There's three of us in there now. Don't make us be lonely. It's only five dollars, and uh, usually we end up donating money in these anyway. So uh, oh, check yeah. it out. <laughs> Come in uh, and join us and. Uh, while we kind of wait for that to fill, uh, I'll kind of keep an eye on it. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about the punt plays. 6K range this week. Uh, anybody grading out as a reasonably viable play for you? Uh, that's a good question. Do you remember the name of the, the guy that used to take our money in these uh, snake drafts? Uh, oh, my goodness. How can I forget? <laughs> I it's know. just it's no i don't and then, then don't he's going to show up in the chat and remind us or maybe he's going to show up in the draft and remind us um doggone it now that's going to bother me uh yeah cheap guys above 7k there's a couple more wanted to mention uh matthew neesmith so played terrible first round and he was playing the easiest course in his first round last week ended up nearly making the cut i think he missed it by one stroke so uh, he's three for three at this event. 7,100 seems like a good price point for him. I like Callum Terran, a guy that very inaccurate off the tee, but uh, he's long off the tee, can make a bunch of birdies. When he does make the cut, tends to flash a lot of upside. Um, I like Justin Suh again. We talked about him a little bit last week. He is 7,100 as well. Well, we got a draft filled, Noto. Oh, okay. Starts in 50 seconds. All right, we're going to have to right. table this. <laughs> that was Devin? Producer, Devin, anyway. producer Devin's got the first pick. That's not fair. Um, I don't, I've got the second pick. I don't know if I want the second pick, uh, but Noto is picking last. So uh, hey, shout out to leave, uh, me day. leave me day. Let's go. They'll be there. The last pick of the draft. Um, <laughs> shout out to uh, NY Giants fan and Jay Walken and uh, somebody's name. GCH Mielli. 
I probably just completely G Schmeel. I completely botched botched your name, and I apologize if you're watching us live. Uh, but uh, all right, so uh, hopefully Devin's been watching the show, and he at least remotely knows what's going on because the first pick is obvious. So uh, he'll uh, he'll start us off. Yeah, he's gonna take then, day. Uh, yeah, totally gonna take day, and then I'll be mad because you know I wanted to I wanted to pick him <laughs> for sure. Um, I think it's my first snake draft on. Oh, I've done it. It's been a while. I've done one, but it's been a while. So, all right. Uh, so, Devin took John Rahm, which is not surprising. Uh, I will take Tony Finau, who I like just a little better than Xander this week. So, uh, no surprise that those are probably going to be your top three picks, and they're the three most expensive. I think from there, uh, it's definitely interesting to see where where people go if they're just fall oh, in line. Zalatoris, I wanted that one. Well, now you got two picks in a row, and you can't take Day twice. You can only take him once. So, where is Day? He's right near near the top, eleventh overall. Oh, there we go. I couldn't see him. All right, give me Day, and let's go, Homa. Cue up the W for Day. Now I've been ragging on him for thirty minutes here. It just seems so weird to see JJ spawn near the top of these. I've I've missed out on a lot of good finishes. I missed out on that whole boat. Yeah, it's um, it's been a surprise. So, all right, back to me. Matsuyama's gone. Um, Let's see. Morikawa dropped to ninth. That's a good value. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting here. I can't pass up Montgomery at eleventh. So we'll take him there. Now Devin gets a couple of picks. They won't be quite as easy as taking Rom first overall. These are kind of fun because you kind of get an idea of where people rank players regardless of salary. Because like Mark was one of the more expensive guys, but uh, fell the way to ninth. Dipped down to ninth there. So, okay, Devin has gone with the Gala. And now he's gone with Keegan Bradley. So, um all right, uh, let's see. I will go with McNeely, like his fit on this course. I'm fine with him. So, see, now you see the Siwoo Kim dipping down a little bit below where he's ranked price-wise. Um, Spawn dipping down below, right? Everybody's a, a little bit skeptical of that run by J.J. Spawn, and now we just get to wait and see if if all the veterans make it back to Noto. Oh, Wyndham Clark, pick. I like that one. I think I've played Wyndham Clark in DFS at this event like every year. Um, I always play the Bombers. There goes Siwoo Kim. All right, so now Noto. We'll see how much Noto likes J.J. Spawn. Rose Rose. was a given. J.J. Spawn is just going to sit out there. Too early to go Woodland. All right. I I can't get on Spawn now. Give me Hadwin. (laughs) Spawn's just going to sit there. We'll see if anyone, anyone... course i don't know if anybody's got this set on auto draft i presume all of uh, all of us partaking are watching live but he just uh, spawns just gonna hang out until somebody someone, feels like he's disrespected someone, someone better take jaeger <laughs> <I like laughs> he's gonna be mr irrelevant at the end to be the last guy picked um 
All right, I got to start paying attention here because I got a pick coming up, and it gets a little bit harder to it gets a little bit harder to pick these guys. The farther you go down, um, Dude, no Snedeker in the field. He's not invited past champ. I don't know what's up with him. I was gonna say maybe he went to live, but uh, they probably don't want him. Now, this is where it gets pretty wide open. I mean, you can make a case for about twenty. 20 different guys, I think, around this point that don't feel completely out of place. There goes still there. Yeah, Spawn's still around. Spawn is still around. So maybe he's going to be a sleeper, DFS. I uh, definitely won't be chalky. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll try a 10-man next week if we can get enough people. These are, these are fun. I I mean, I think at this point, 26 on the board. I mean, you can't grade out any worse than some of these other guys. Oh, you took him? Yeah, I took him. Here comes the miscut. That's fine because I'm not going to have him in DFS, so I'll <laughs> sacrifice the $5. Sacrifice yeah, yeah. the $5 for the miscut. I feel like his miscut would be worth at least 5 bucks. And uh, I, I was asking about Hoffman. He uh he played pretty well for a couple of rounds at least last week. I didn't see where he ended up finishing, but I had a I had a matchup against him and he he beat my guy. So okay, I'm up. Yeah, he finished. He missed the cut. He finished six under. Oh, somebody took Palmer. That Noto did. Noto took Palmer and Woodland off under. I wasn't your me. You mean Devin? Yeah, yes, okay. I did. I have now pronounced you the wrong name twice on the show. Called you Noah once, and oh no, uh, three seconds. I don't. Uh, you're getting Davis Thompson. Oh, oh, okay, I didn't want oh, English. You well, you got him. Okay, I'm sticking with the veteran narrative, English and Fowler. I'm I'm just donating this week. See, so join this draft and uh, free five. See, yeah, this is why I'm fully convinced. This is why over the years we donated these because it's tough. I mean, you're trying to talk and give content as well, rather than just I mean sit here in silence and do the draft. That wouldn't be exciting. Uh, but uh, yeah, see, I'm going to be up again, and I've got like 30 seconds to try to figure out which one of the scrubs I want. Yeah, next week we'll try to get the 10 man, and then it'll be real slim pickings towards the bottom. All right. Well, I am taking Robbie Shelton here. I like him. Oh, we have a bench. What does the bench do? Can you swap? Yeah. Them so out? I'm not sure if it just takes your six, uh, your highest six out of seven, or if that's a replacement. If there's a withdrawal, I have to read the rules here, or if we have to like actually settle on and pick who's on our bench. I don't know. We are free money in this contest. We don't even know. All right. All right, back to okay. me. Okay, your highest scoring players are automatically your starting lineup. Okay, thank you to whoever actually has knowledge of the format rather than just jumping in like us. All right, I'm taking well, Jaeger because you said somebody had to take him. And this is your non-starting players will make up your bench and they will not count towards your fantasy point total. I don't mind that format. It gives you a buffer if there's a withdraw. I mean, obviously, you'd still like to have everybody there. but Davis Thompson, nobody's going back, huh? Oh man, he's still up there. I had scrolled down. I just presumed he was gone. I wouldn't have mind taking him there, but Doug Gim. Shout out to that guy. Yeah, he's Who took Doug Gim. Yeager's the new Gim for this for this show for some reason. 
I mean, I haven't been on Jaeger all that much, but uh, Johnny Vegas, Johnny, he hasn't done anything in a while either. I know. Right. He used to be. All right, last pick of the draft. Got to make it Mr. a good Mr. Irrelevant is going to be whom? I'm trying to go way down the list. 15 seconds. Whom? <laughs> the drama. Harry Higgs. All right, I got to go Neesmith. Can view the draft results here now. All right. Neesmith for Noto. Good luck, it says. And we're done. So there it is. The donation station. Uh, the, uh, the the $5 draft. That's going to bother me all night. Uh, I cannot remember who it was that took our money for all those years. Yeah. I even tried searching it in my emails because I figured I saved something. Uh, but he stole I'm those sure, too. I'm sure it's in Slack somewhere, but you got to search his name. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know his name. I, I, I and I'm gonna feel like a fool. Like he's, uh, he's gonna have to message me. All right, uh, let's see. I don't think there's much else below 7K that. I mean, just nah. Let's see. Anybody under? So Gim got drafted. Anybody else under 7K actually get Hoffman is 6,900. Um, I don't think anybody else under 7K actually got drafted in our in our draft. Uh, it's just, it's ugly down there. So I, again, 7Ks, plenty of op- options in there to, uh, to round out your lineups for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say Carl Yuan. We brought him up last week, and then he was almost dead last. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going back there. Oh, Bill hey. Hawes, sixty-one hundred. He loves this course. Yeah, I mean, he'll be hitting those hundred and ninety-yard drives now in the wind uh, on the on Thursday. Thursday, I got the day right this time. <laughs> Remember, it starts on Wednesday. Any of you who are joined us late or watching us on five times speed and missed that the first couple times so wednesday lock it's gonna end up getting adjusted obviously to whatever pacific coast time uh, it'll start around 7 a.m pacific coast time so around you know 11 a.m eastern something like that on wednesday morning so make sure you get those lineups finalized and uh, yeah we'll make the snake draft a recurring theme here on the show and uh, and offer some some prizes as we go along as well so good luck to everybody in that this week and thanks for hopping in uh, Noto, anyone else? Anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, add uh, Jason Day to all your football, basketball parlays. That'll make them uh, a lot more juicy in terms of the odds. It'll make them all losers when the <laughs> when the rest of them hit. Um, It'll turn turn your uh, Bengals money line from you know plus one ten to plus. Uh, 40, I mean, does Devin 40, not? De- Devin, do you remember who took our money? Who took our money, Devin? I've been trying to think about it this whole time. Oh my it's, gosh! I wanted Devin to say it's like a Brian. But I don't know. Shot in the dark. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not, well, well. They'll comment on the video. I'm sure. It's not hitting. It's not hitting me. I'm gonna it's have to. PSA sure. for the DFS community. Find us the person who took the Ooh, money. Somebody's sure. got to know. He moved to Hawaii with all his winnings. He doesn't even play <laughs> DFS anymore. It's got to. We're we're sitting here slaving out over his show, and he's drinking a mai tai on the beach. <laughs> um, but all right, enough nonsense for tonight. We'll go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks, as always, for watching, everybody. Should be a fun tournament. Enjoy it. Remember, Wednesday start. Thanks to Devin for helping us out. Thanks to Noto for uh, joining me as well. I'm Justin. 
said your name right that time. I only messed it twice. So uh, we're on the up and up now. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place. See you later. 